Hi. Hi. Are we hugging right now? I feel like we're yeah. hugging. Yeah. <laughs> I can feel the hug. <laughs> I think we both need it. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, actually, was relieved to find out last night that I started working on my advanced slides. Yes. Last June. Yes. So when I went in last night to work on them, because they're due, yes, two days ago. Um, yes. Yes. I was relieved to find out that I'd already done a lot. So it's like, yay. Well, you and I are again sharing the same alternate universe because for the first time I counted in 19 years, I missed a deadline. Mm -hmm. Three presentations for Kevin. Kevin got one. He got the diastasis one that I'm so proud of, but I'm also so proud of the other two. Um, but they're locked in my brain and they're not in the PowerPoint. Yes. Yes. And I figured out that I told you and Jesse to split that three hour block. Yes. It, it, there's a little problem though. It's not 90 minutes there. We, you guys start at nine. Yes. There's a break at 10. Yes. We have it figured out. So you're going to from nine to 10, 15 and 10, 45 to 11, to yeah. 12. And yeah, your, your group break is going to be different than ours. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Okay, well, I figured it out in my head as I was going to sleep last night. So that's good. And I just found out we have 30 people signed up for the in-person core in Phoenix. Oh, that's fantastic. That's going to be so much fun. But it also means that I'm short a few practicum instructors. So I've got some emails to write as soon as we're finished here. Can, can you copy me on those? Because I have 25 for the sports course in that little room and um, a wait list of four people. So I'm thinking you just outgrew Laventana. I think so. Depends. I don't know where else to put you because. I'll put, I will go outside. <laughs> put you in Santan. We'll figure it out. Yeah, maybe. Okay. I'll, we'll email to call Tiffany because Marguerite has moved on. Yes. Yes. I love it how we're having a podcast about our, in our business meeting all at the same time. <laughs> Welcome, Hi guys. <laughs> welcome to backstage. Backstage. So I'm going to mute myself. Kevin will audit, will edit all the dog barking out. I'm sure. Um, the list, the list for today grew exponentially about what I personally wanted to talk about. What emails and comments and stuff we've been getting. You're doing a great job of answering the podcast questions in an email. And I'm like, wait, wait, <laughs> let's answer this on the podcast. And I got a real um, annoyed comment about how ignorant I was about tethered cord and Erler's dent. Did you see that on Facebook? Yes. Okay. And so it's like, just in case anybody's listening that wonders about Ehlers-Danlos, craniocervical instability, and tethered cord, I've been treating those since 1998 or 99 was my first tethered cord case. Um, the good news about, so the, this person said, everybody knows surgery is the only option. It's like, it, excuse me, wait. I only, I only get the tethered cord craniocervical instability patients after failed surgeries. And once you put a screw through a nerve, when you're fixing, stabilizing COC1 and C2, that's forever, right? And when you go in to fix tethered cord surgically, there are some things that go wrong and so far with FSM, I have never created a paraplegic. That, that's a good thing. Um, Ehlers-Danlos so far, knock on, knock on wood, has been easy to fix a week at a time. Get rid of the body pain like the Ehlers-Danlos webinar. Takes three machines. It lasts a week. That's a piece of cake. Mm -hmm. Craniocervical instability. 
takes persistence and a specially trained physical therapist that has seen Jody Adams' upper cervical stability workshop and a patient that's willing to actually do the exercises to train the muscles to take over from the ligaments while you're treating Ehlers-Danlos twice a week and getting rid of the body pain and right. So can't hurt, might help. And um, the things that happen during surgery are forever. Yeah. And so far, it's like if FSM doesn't work, you can always have surgery afterwards. Absolutely. Yes. And yeah, we've never made any, I mean, we make people worse a little bit, but not to that degree. And I talk about making people worse in my workshop at the advanced because it's a lot of fun <laughs> and it's so diagnostic and it, it tells us that what we're doing um, has an effect. So we should well, be proud of that. And the being worse is always temporary. Correct. I can make somebody worse for 24 to 48 hours, but it's never permanent. That's right. So, oh, yes, my laryngitis is gone. Yay. Hey. Um, everybody's, yes, we're all. Now, this morning, Adam woke up with COVID, so we haven't done the test yet, but he's got a fever. So, yeah, he's last. Yeah. Well, you know, it went through our house like that, too. So, um, the one thing that took me forever to get um, rid of with COVID was the brain fog. And then when it did finally lift, it was like that scene from Pulp Fiction when she gets the shot of Epi in her chest. I was just like, must go, must go treat all the patients and run all the miles and drink all the coffee. <laughs> so uh, make all the PowerPoint slides, sorry, Kevin. Um, but it got me thinking and you're so great at um, teaching us to think, what is this teaching you? And to think about where did this come from and why is this happening? And so I was having like this existential crisis when I was stuck in my brain and stuck in my bed and with the brain fog and the fatigue and thinking about my chronic fatigue patients and really starting to understand what these people go through, right? Like, because someone like me couldn't understand fatigue. What do you mean you're too tired? Just go running, put your shoes on and leave. Like what, what's the problem? <laughs> yeah, that's. So that was a profound punch in the face from the universe. Like, no, like this is, this is real. And I have a whole new level of respect and sympathy for these patients that are um, dealing with these symptoms all the time. But it got me thinking, and one of the questions I had asterisked on my list here to, to ask you about is, um, we talked, I think it was the first or second podcast about our favorite frequencies and the ones that we couldn't live without. And one of the things that I was thinking about are, um, like, what are some of the frequencies you've given up on? Not given up on, but tabled, you know, like we talk about the 58s, you and I all the time. But that got me thinking, why don't I like the 58s? And I will tell you <laughs> before you answer me, because we always are asking, why is this there? The muscle, it's never the muscle because the muscle never just decides to get tight on its own or scarred on its own. There's always a reason. So with the 58s, it never blows my hair back because it's, it's scarred. But why is it scarred? Why is it stuck? If you read the, the, the words behind the 58s, yes, the words are the tendency to form yes. scar tissue. Yes. So the place that the 58s work is in the belly. Yeah. In the, in the viscera. Yeah. Um, the frequency I had given up on almost, it was still on the list, was three. Huh. And... 10, 12, 10 years ago, whenever that was, Tom Myers did a workshop at, in, we were in Las Vegas and we had 40 practitioners and Tom Myers did a day and we had three and something. 
And I said, I haven't found anything that three is good for, sclerosis. And Tom popped up and said, well, adipose sclerosis. I'd never used sclerosis in the adipose. So once we switched and three is only used with 97, it works everywhere. It's magic. Three yeah. is amazing, right? right. Yeah, that's right. Um, the, it's the advanced frequencies, the ones for the spinal segment levels, I have never found them to be good for anything. Right. And Ben Catholi and his team at Cleveland Clinic and now at Shirley Ryan, they use them and say they're magic. And I went, I am humbled because I have no idea what they're good for. Right. So um, the, the thing that I found when I went through the, the slides for the beginning of the advance, there's 90 slides on how we think about things. And I'm, I only have 30 minutes because we start at 8.30 and then I turn you guys loose at nine. And I, even I can't do 90 slides in 30 minutes. So I'll, I'll move them towards the front because the advanced isn't a way, isn't a list of frequencies. People want the advanced frequencies or they want a frequency for mitochondria. They want a frequency for this. It's like, wait, 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 wait. That's not the point. <clears throat> the, the insulin resistance, leptin resistance, Alzheimer's, all that whole segment, we had the insulin resistance protocol, but when Rob DiMartino started, sent me his lecture on leptin resistance, then I looked it up and then created a protocol for leptin resistance. And then there's one slide on how to test it. You find a patient, possibly yourself, and you run it on them every night for let's say, I don't know, 10 months. And for me, my morning blood sugar for the, I've tested it every day for the last five years. It's never been below 135. I go to bed with it at 95 or 100. I wake up with it fasting at 135. Every single night for the last 10 months, I've run insulin and leptin. That protocol I created last February, my morning sugars are 87, 90. Wow. Wow. The protocol works. I'm an N of one, it doesn't count. I didn't follow the research outline that I told people to do because I didn't test it. My insulin levels were high, mm -hmm. but I didn't ever test leptin. And so that whole segment and the segment that follows on how to treat Alzheimer's was Google. We have a frequency for calcium. So you Google calcium and Alzheimer's. There's pictures, there's studies. Okay. And then, oh, thank you, Kevin. Um, and then you Google plaque. Well, we don't have a frequency for plaque exactly, but we have mucus colitis and we have fibrosis and we have sclerosis. So, and those that was 45, 60 minutes on Google to create that protocol. Right. So that's what the advanced is about. I'm hoping is to teach people how to think about look at the list. We have a frequency for that. Now, where does, what can you look up in the condition that you're interested in? Right. What does that mean for your patient? What does that mean for your treatment? Right. And I remember being at the first advanced, I think I was an hour into it. And I remember just having that moment of like, this changes everything. 
And then like looking around, like, does anybody else have their brain on the back wall right now? Because it's not in my head. It exploded oh. like five minutes ago. I know. Um, I am so excited to go and to just geek out with all the geeks that are there and talk our geek talk with numbers and frequencies and just be around the people. We have such a ridiculously cool community of practitioners. Right. There is no other, there's no other technique, I think, around no. where we have every every clinical profession from massage therapists, PTs, OTs, MDs, DCs, naturopaths, acupuncturists, psychiatrists, psychologists, PhDs, pharmacists, yeah. ophthalmologists, optometrists, and a partridge in a pear. <laughs> it's like there's no, and, and it's the one place in the year that you meet people that speak the same language. That's right. You can sit at a table and say, well, it wasn't that hard. She was 124 and 77. Then we did 40 and 10. And then treated the, you know, subacute disc and it was done. Yeah. And it's like, and then Candace Elliott. Oh my God. Candace Elliott. Love her. <laughs> um, there's a change in the schedule, you guys. <laughs> So the Candace Elliott sent in her slide presentation for how to write a case report. Mm. And that's when I looked at the schedule and found out that I hadn't created a slot for her case report presentation. Ah. So I put it on Sunday morning before the case reports. Perfect. Right. So everybody through. can see how wrong we did it. No, no, no. <laughs> everybody can see how right they did it. And having it in a PowerPoint, it is just a natural segue to transfer it into a paper. Yes. And, and she has complete step-by-step -step directions. I love her. How to implement it just went from 60 minutes to 30 minutes. So everybody's going to have to talk fast. And um, I wouldn't expect us to run exactly on time on Sunday. Just saying. Which is why I asked to move my time up so I could catch my flight because I know better. <laughs> you really think you're going to fly out Sunday afternoon? I have to. Okay, fine. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um, people will still get the chance to live stream the advance, correct? If they're not going to come in person, they have a chance to... Um, do they watch it live? Do we, get, do we get the recording after? How does... Do we know how that works yet? All of the above. They'll okay. watch it live. We have two cameras, um, one in the main room, one in the breakout room, if there's a breakout room. Um, the one exception to that is Jay Shaw. Yes. So you have to, Jay Shaw's will be live streamed. Okay. And that video will be available for people who signed up to take him on the day then you'll be able to watch that video, I think for 30 days. Got it. The thing with Jay Shaw is we can't sell the video to people who have not signed up for his class. Makes sense. It's NIH regulations. Right. The advanced will live stream it and we'll be able to sell the advanced, the, the three days. We'll be able to sell that afterwards. <clears throat> um, to people who weren't able, who didn't, didn't think it, you know, didn't sign up for it. So, so Jay Shaw is, I'm um, just like, I, I just get so geeked out with Jay Shaw. I have so much fun. I know. I have to show Jay Shaw what 81 and 10 does. Yeah. Because he said, well, what secretions are you increasing? I said, probably GABA. How yeah. do you know? Well, yeah. the muscles relax. How do you know? I'll show you. <laughs> can, I, can I make Jay Shaw's muscles go smush? Can I do that? <laughs> I, well, Jay Shaw's the needling, dry needling paper that he and Terry Phillips wrote mm. happened because Jay Shaw has constant trigger points in his lower legs, mm. right? In his calf muscles. So he can always put a needle into them. And that's how they got the measurements for that amazing paper. Mm -hmm. We were in Las Vegas one of the times that he's lectured. And 
um, once I figured out about 40 and 562 because he has um, disc bulges in his thoracic spine. I ran 40 and 10, 40 and 562, and all of the- 40 and 10 is lay people um, translation. 40 and 10 is uh, inflammation in the cord. 40, 562 is um, decreased the- yeah. Yeah. So I say decreased activity or quiet. Yes. Same. Okay. And all of the trigger points in his legs disappeared. Wow. And that was a, he still can't get his head around it, but I'm hoping to do the same thing for 81 and 10. And can I watch? See what happens. I want to watch. I want to circle back for a sec because we saw something shiny and we went down the rabbit hole. So I want to come up about the frequencies that we kind of started gave up on. Um, we have at the advanced, um, like the West Indies um, frequencies. Can you talk a little bit about what those are, where they came from, how they correlate to our stuff? West Indies frequencies are from McWilliams. He is a very colorful character. If you look him up, he has a tricorn hat and a sash and a saber cut. He's an interesting guy. Um, in 2001, I think, 2002, Terry Goss was an FSM practitioner in Florida. And he sent me this list of McWilliams frequencies in the West Indies because McWilliams practices in the West Indies. And I don't know what his clinical specialty is. He might be a naturopath, he might be an MD, I don't know. And he uses frequencies with a kind of device, I think that is diagnostic. Okay. So he has a frequency for pregnancy. And then he has a number like 50 is no and a hundred is yes or whatever. And I, when I first got the list, if you look over the whole list, because now I've made the whole list available, I sanitized the list because there's a frequency in there for chicken feathers. A good face. There's a frequency for beans, kidney beans. There's a frequency for cat hair. And I took out all of those kind of, how would you even do this thing? Um, I took all of those out and I just had the West Indies list sort of cleaned up. A couple of years ago, Libby Gamont, who's a chiropractor that worked in my office in Gresham, said she had a patient who was gluten sensitive, who had joint pain. And she used the frequency from the West Indies list for gluten with the frequency for the joint capsule, the synovium and the cartilage and got rid of the patient's joint pain. And that made my brain hurt. So it's like, okay, if somebody gets sinusitis or allergic eye stuff, what if they're allergic to cat hair? And what if you ran the frequency for cat hair with the immune system? Cat hair for the sinuses, cat hair, right? Right. Unsanitized the West Indies list where there are the frequencies from Harry's advanced list and the McWilliams list, they're identical, except that Harry's list doesn't have chicken feathers and kidney beans on it and dog hair and cat hair and whatever. Yeah. So the tissue and condition frequencies are the same from McWilliams list. Harry's list just didn't have all the weird stuff. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it, they probably came from the same source, the same era. Yeah. Um, and, and here's a question. Has anyone found frequencies for the other cranial nerves besides the vagus? No, and we're unlikely to. Um, I might as well tell people, right? So Dr. George is really sick. Um, he had a bad fall and a head injury in November. 
and um, he's here at home, at my at, at home, and um, he's he's still George, but he takes two liters, three liters of oxygen at rest, and four liters to sit up, and he isn't able to scan or douse for frequencies. Um, Jane, the the vagus is the one ner cranial nerve that actually leaves the skull and goes down into the torso, right? All the other cranial nerves stay interior to the skull. So we have the frequency for the medulla and the pons, which is where a lot of them start. So what I would do if you want, if you look at the anatomy of the brainstem and the pons and look at what cranial nerves come off of those areas. Um, I've had some success treating the pons for, to affect the cranial nerves that come off the pons. So, um, <clears throat> so that's the update on George. And he said to say hi to everybody. And we all say hi, George, back. Yeah. Um, and you gave us an update on Facebook too about the clinic. So everything, the supply chain thing is real. Like things are backed up kind of everywhere. So we're thinking that the FSM clinic is going to be after the advance. So beginning of March, right? That's the new opening. And um, Sandra Osterberg, who's lecturing at the advance, she's my associate in the clinic. She's seeing patients we have what we're calling a soft opening. We still have to have an EMR. I finally got business cards printed yesterday. Um, we get back, I think on March 1st or 2nd and I'll start seeing patients on the 7th. I finally decided we'll do an open house on the 5th, like from one o'clock to four-ish, five-ish, because it gets dark at 4.30 or five. Yeah. Is, Daylight savings time doesn't end until the next week. So right. that's the current plan. Great. Stay tuned for updates. I love it. Um, again, kind of going back to what we're talking about with the frequencies, there's one frequency that you and I, or you had tried on a patient that you and I were both seeing. And I guess, I don't know if it came from the West Indies, but it was for sugar. And you use it in the case of Prolo. Yeah, that was so cool. So that wasn't just a fluke. It, I tried it on another patient, very similar, and it works. So Prolo, for people that don't know, is a glucose solution that is that is um, has um, hyperphysiologic, has more glucose than you would have in your body. And the purpose of Prolo is to put that glucose in there they have different versions about why it works. The low concentration glucose, they say, oh, just gives the tissue more sugar to heal itself. The high concentration glucose creates inflammation that takes it from chronic subacute to acute inflammation to scarring. So Prolo is meant to stick things together. The challenge with Prolo is sometimes things get stuck together that shouldn't auto have been stuck together. And then the patient has adhesions and chronic inflammation from too much sugar. So on this one patient, I used the, there's a frequency in the West Indies for sugar and I was desperate and it worked. And then it worked again. And then it worked again because I thought maybe it just worked on him and it was just weird. <laughs> um, and it's weird. And I don't know. I, I, see, and this is what I love about what we do because you, after all this time and mileage is still learning and trying and going down the list going, what the heck could this be? And how your brain got there is amazing. So there's um, a there's a thing, I, I love the Buddy app, but yes. I'm actually going to create laminates for my office. Yeah, I and, have them on every cart and I have my phone with me, but there is something, um, 
Yes, that. Um, what is that word? Because people who are listening can't see my hand doing this, but when you just have your finger and you're just going down the list and it's almost like when though in the eighties, when those 3d pictures were a thing where you had to like relax your eyes and kind of look past what you were looking at and you just are looking at the list and it just jumps out at you. Like, so, um, with the app, it's great when you're trying to find something like what's the frequency for small intestine, you know, and then boom, there it is. But when you're kind of just searching, there's something, um, uh, it for me it's just it's just like what you described I'll look at the laminate and you go no 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 oh oh there's a frequency for that <laughs> so if you look through the advanced compendium Shirley Hartman did I'm so excited I, I would go to Phoenix just to give Shirley Hartman a hug um, but Shirley Hartman did a lecture on channel a frequencies you never thought of so I would be lecturing at the advanced and Shirley would come up to the microphone at question and answer time. And she would say, well, why don't you just use the frequency for what you call it? And I went, we have a frequency for that. <laughs> Shirley Hartman is the only person I know that has the whole advanced list memorized. She's got this brain. She came to the core in 1999 or 2000 when it was two days, she is the only practitioner so far ever in history that had the entire core list memorized by the morning of the second day. Amazing. That's a good face, yeah. So I, for me, I just have to look down the list and then there'll be something that just pops out and it is just fine if it's wrong. So you use it and you try it and you go, yeah, I don't think so. So after about two minutes, you give up. Right. The ones that surprise me are the frequencies for necrosis and mucus. Mucus. I'd never used it. And I was treating a patient that had like the most horrible gone wrong gallbladder surgery on the planet. She had a five centimeter, centimeter gallstone that filled the gallbladder and the surgeon was committed to doing it laparoscopically. And when she took the gallbladder and the five centimeter stone out, she tore the common bile duct, the pancreatic duct and tore the fascia off the bottom of the liver. So the patient had bile draining into her belly for 24 hours before they figured it out, almost 48 hours by the time they got stents in to fix it. And six months later, the patient came to see me and said, so we treated the scar tissue in the bile duct and the torn and broken and all that. And then she said, my liver feels gummy. She's very intuitive. And I said, talk to me about gummy. She said, it's like there's slime in between the liver cells. Like there's still inflammation, but it got slimy. And I thought, slimy. Mucus is slimy. I wonder, I wonder if we have a frequency for mucus. So I looked on the list. And sure enough, there's two frequencies for mucus. Huh. So I run mucus and mucus colitis in her liver. And the liver pain, the right upper quadrant pain went away. Wow. That's a good face. And then after it's slimy, and then if you had bile running into your liver, right, it would get kind of degenerated and necrotic. So 54 is necrosis and 58 on the advanced is degenerated. So mucus, necrosis, degeneration, and this lady's right upper quadrant pain went away for the first time in 10 months. 
how I yeah I, I had I mean that was my experience with hypoxia right there is nothing with this frozen shoulder that would work like short of me dropping the precision care on the man's shoulder I was I was out of options and then the um, practitioner I had in the room with me was like, it's like, it's never seen blood supply or oxygen. It's like, it's deprived. I'm like, when you're deprived of oxygen, it's hypoxic. We have a frequency for that. We have a frequency. <laughs> when on earth would you use hypoxic? You're not using it on, on a, on a brain in, in live time. Right. It's kind of like, um, um, like our hemorrhaging, right? There are these words that I'm like, maybe they're not meant to be seen so literal. Like the only place I had ever used hypoxia before and really had an immediate pink effect was in COPD. Use uh, yeah. in COPD and asthma. Yeah. It's magic. Sure. I've never used it in musculoskeletal tissue. It used to be listed in the musculoskeletal section. I took it out because it never worked. And then you put it back in because you showed me when and how it works. So now it's back in the core for the first time in, I don't know, 17 years. Because it works. It's like, it's like we might have a new prolo frequency now. You know, we might have a whole new slide on treating prolo because we have the sugar option. Well, and getting rid of prolo is something that's so there's prolo and then there's too much prolo. Right. Thanks to the prolo specialists out there who don't believe there's any such thing as too much prolo. Right. Um, they used to, back when prolo first came out in the 80s, 90s, they would prolo just the unstable segments. Yeah. Just specific, like fluoroscopy, x rays, find yes. out what's unstable and stabilize them. Then somehow that morphed over the last 15 years. And now they, they shoot everything that hurts. They shoot the referred pain zones. So somebody has got a disc bulge, they have pain in between their shoulder blades because of the disc and they have their whole mid thoracic spine prologue. Right. Oops. Yeah. Get it. So I'm, you, you talk, I'm out of words. <laughs> it's like, we have to run, um, after some of these patients come in, you have to run like PTSD on yourself sometimes just to like detox from like the, the bad cases. And I think the longer you're in practice, the more you see the failed procedures and, um, that's who we get. Right. I kind of laugh thinking back at how easy I had it when I was just treating athletes, like thinking I was like this rock star and you're treating the most easiest cases, sprained ankle fracture. <laughs> Anyways. Um, what am I seeing now? Like mast cell activation and <laughs> like, you're welcome, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. And I'm sorry is right. Can we talk about 39 sublux? Sure. Do you like it? Well, it's interesting. So subluxation, I was surprised to even see it on the list. Subluxation um, is a concept in chiropractic. Now, there is a medical subluxation where there's dislocation where something is actually out. Right. dislocated subluxated is where it's not dislocated but shifted ser seriously cattywampus <laughs> yeah shifted yeah That's a good word. well and chiropractors have an idea about subluxation being um, a thing that happens to a segment in the spine where it's not moving and so they fix this and that subluxation in the spine creates visceral stuff and visceral problems and this and that. I happened to go to one of four, chiro five chiropractic colleges in the country that actually don't believe in subluxations. Hmm. And it's like, there are fixations, segments that don't move, but a subluxation is 
how do you measure it? How do you assess it? Not sure what that's about. However, when I'm, the two places where I've used it uh, with amazing results, if you have your hands and you're doing the upper cervical, the supine cervical practicum, and you have your hands on C1, right? The little transverse processes and you get all the muscles relaxed. And C1 is quite stubbornly about a centimeter, slid over to the right. Well, it doesn't belong over there. It really needs to slide back onto the condyles. And it was only the really tight muscles and the loose ligaments that made it slide over. So you fix the ligaments, you fix the tight muscles, and C1 is still a centimeter off to the right. So there is a frequency for subluxation, 39, and there's a frequency for C1, 284. And you run 39 on A, subluxation, C1, 284. And you just lay your fingers on C1 and you gently press from right to left and C1 just slides. And then you go down to C2 and you do the same thing there, C3. So those are the places I've used it in the spine. I don't use it at any of the other segments because that I use an activator for. Right. The other place that it's really fun to use subluxation is when you have a craniosacral specialist in your class that is you know, in the zone and feeling the cranial rhythm during the supine cervical practicum. So if you have a craniosacral person who's doing the cervical, so you get that practicum done. And then do you do craniosacral? Uh-huh. It's like, okay, find the cranial rhythm. And they, they go on the zone and they're there. I said, can you feel it? Yeah. Watch this. And you do subluxation in the dura. And you watch the face of the craniosacral practitioner. It is the most fun because they just, there's, it's my, I, and I didn't even think of it. One of the practitioners in, had to be the early 2000s, maybe it was Libby, was somebody that did craniosacral, ran the frequency subluxation in the dura, and the whole craniosacral rhythm just turns to butter. It's nuts. Wow. And then if it's sticky, so craniosacral therapists that are listening know that this is the case. If it's sticky, you feel your way down and you find the sticky spot and then you switch to scarring in the dura and you just sort of send pressure waves down the dura, break up the scar tissue. The patient doesn't have to move. And then once you get it loose all the way down, then you go back and run subluxation in the dura. It's a religious experience. It's worth taking a craniosacral class just so you can feel that. Yeah. And the patients get super stoned. Okay. I'm going to re, re, well, I'm going to resurrect it again, but I think you, you kind of summarized it. Like it's not, this is out. So I have to run 39 on it because it didn't get out from space. So, but you know, you talked about it, you talked about the ligament, the blah, 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 all the things that could have led up to something being fixated or subluxed or shifted or medical wampus. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and like two, two other things I want to talk about before we end for the day, but because we had a question from, I know we're not close, but I have these timers that go off every 15 minutes. So I try to keep us on track. Um, we had um, some questions that came in. It was quite long question about um, a practitioner just starting off on their um, path. And I am always very reluctant to give people professional advice on what to do with their practice, because even as diverse as FSM practitioners are, and as specific as a PT or a massage therapist or chiro, there's still so much variation in the way you practice versus I do and how you want to be tied to your career and going into that place and so on and so forth. 
and the reason why I'm kind of talking about this is because it's almost the same as sitting down with the list of frequencies, you know, and how much time do you have with your patient? And like, this is fresh on my brain because this is what I'm talking about at the advanced is these like techniques for your practice. And I like giving these hack talks every couple of years and they change so much because as type A and as fast as I move, you have to have patience with the frequencies. You have to be patient with the patient and the process and you can't rush it and you have to try and as educated as your guesses can be, you have to be adaptable and flexible with them. So, you know, again, we, we talk a lot about at the advanced about the process of thinking about the frequencies. And I think we're really doing that in the core now, um, more so than ever before. So like, I think the people that have had the training probably in the last three, four years, especially from the core are getting a much better foundation about critically thinking about the frequencies and the process, right? Like part of what happened was the core used to be three days and then it went to three and a half and then went up to four. And then everybody's and, brains exploded. And, yeah, and then it went <laughs> to five. And part of it is teaching more of the thinking process, but part of it is moving some frequencies. Well, like the Vegas is now in the core right. because there are so many things you can't possibly treat unless you treat the Vegas, Correct. right? Yeah. So now there's two places in the core where the, where the vagus is now. And now that the, vag the core is a full five days and that's without practicum time. I have no idea how I'm, I haven't done a full five day in-person core in two years with, with practicums. I, that's going to be exciting. I'm going to have to talk fast, but the, um, the thought process, and it's important for practitioners to realize FSM patients take space. They don't take your time. So people that have a 30-minute model, PTs, some DCs, they have a 30-minute practice model. We have a PT from France who treated thoracic outlet. He came from Givoyer. No not him. His name fell out of my brain because I can see his face. Anyway, he's another guy. Um, this French PT treated a, a thoracic outlet patient who was scheduled for surgery. And he treated her in six, eight weeks, got her completely symptom-free. They're all managed care, national health in France. And he did it in 30-minute sections with two machines. The way I treat patients and get it all done in 60 minutes is by using four or five machines. Yeah. It's, it's like you have a, a nerve. Well, you have a nerve because you have a disc. So you treat the nerve, you treat the disc, you treat the cord. And you just have four machines. Right. So, and then you let them cook and you go in the other room and treat somebody else. Yes. I love, I say marinate. I'll say, I'm just going to let you marinate for 20 minutes and I'll be right back. Cause marinating sounds like they're going to be like tender and flavorful and, you know, cooking can be scary unattended, but <laughs> <laughs> um, again, kind of going back to the cause. I mean, you, you've, you've done such a great job over the, the last couple of years at um, see, why is this like this? You know, forget about the, and I think the people that do, again, the person that reached out about the practice and how do I do this and blah, blah, blah. I think the people that do really, really well at this are those, um, like the detectives in the group. And the, it's like when some people come home, like I have a headache and they just go to the, ad, get the Advil or get the Tylenol instead of why do I have a headache? Oh, I didn't drink any water today. And then they drink the water and try the water first because the water is safe and can't hurt might help. And, oh, I also didn't eat. So I'll try some food and look at that. My headache's gone. So um, those are the people I think that are um, that tend to do really well with with what we have. And 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 people that like 
to solve puzzles. Mm -hmm. So one of the one of the slides I have is we treat the cause when we can, because we can. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So if so is uh, the one that gets me is Canada. So we have a frequency for Canada. Right. And there are people out there, no offense to the people out there, but there are people out there that actually think that Canada is a problem. Canada is never the problem. Never, ever, 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 right. ever the problem. Because Canada is very pH sensitive. And if the vagus is working, then you have enough stomach acid. If you have enough stomach acid, then the bowel contents are too acidic for Canada to thrive. So you treat the vagus, you put in Saccharomyces, which competes with Canada directly, but the Saccharomyces doesn't colonize, it leaves. You put in some probiotics, but the trick is to get the acid up. And that's, so yes, we have a frequency for Canada and that'll reduce the belly pain, but it doesn't do anything to the bugs. Right. That's the other thing to remember is that all the bacteria and, and virus frequencies we have don't kill the bugs. They change the effect that the bugs had on cell signaling. Right. Right. Question about... Um frequencies in water. We talked about this last podcast a little bit. Um, you go ahead with that. I mean, well, you drop the leads in the water. And um, I have heard people say that it lasts for two or three days. Right. In my experience, it's about 12 hours. Right. Um, doesn't work in distilled water has to be regular, you know, water, water with electrolytes in it to hold the pattern. Right. One of these days, I'll get up to um, Jerry Pollock's lab in Seattle and, um, and see how it does in his phased water. Right. But the soccer teams were probably the ones that discovered it the most. And then we started doing it 12 years ago at the Advanced Sin Symposium. We have um, concussion, emotional relax and balance in the five gallon uh, dispensers. Yeah. And that's in the morning. And then in the afternoon, there's brain fog, concussion, and emotional relax and balance. So that's, and it, you can tell what people are doing because in the afternoon, the brain fog water gets. Uh, depleted much more quickly than the other two. Well, I tried it myself when I was brain fried and I'm like, Hey, I need brain fog now. And I was so brain foggy that I drank the concussion water and I was sitting there going, this isn't waking me up. And then I looked, I'm like, I had concussion and I don't care <laughs> because I just felt floaty and good. And that was just going to be the rest of my day. Um, the other thing we talked or somebody had asked me on, uh, I think it was Instagram about taking, um, putting the leads in a tub and in the sports course, we talk a lot about it because with athletes, it's just so much easier because if you have a hockey player or a football player and they want to run something like workout recovery, their whole body needs the workout. So drop the leads in the tub, plunk them in, you make a little recovery soup. And, um, I've shortened one of my workout recovery programs to about 20 minutes because the water gets cooler, the guys get squirrely. Um, but it's enough to, um, start the recovery process anyways. And you know, who thought of that? Hmm. Bill Romanowski. Of course. In, <laughs> Makes sense. When was that? 2000, um, 2001 when he was coming up to get treated. And he said, oh, I just take the blue box and I throw the leads in the water and just run three tenths of a hertz because that was back in the non-specific days. Right. And it's that's so he just and I always when I put them in the tub, I put the red and green leads on one side and the black and yellow leads on the other, just because it makes me feel better to think of the electrons sort of flowing. Yes. Between, right. Yes, that's exactly 
that's exactly what I do. So that makes me feel good when I hear that you're doing it too, like that. Cause it did, it's, it is, it's like making, making two different fields and you're just in that field. Yep. That's how my yep. brain works anyways. Um, yes. Hot tubs also, of course. Yes. That feels oh, yeah. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's there's a hot tub in my backyard. Yes. Last but not least, I want to talk a little bit about the emotional frequencies. Now you have a leg up on this because of your scholastic background with um, all the things that you know, because sometimes, so we have this wonderful list of um, emotional frequencies, and sometimes we think we know what they're feeling. You helped me out with a very complex patient that had dealt with trauma and grief and um, guilt associated with things. And you said, run this before this, but then that before that. And it was like, oh, I would have never known how to do that. <laughs> um, do you have any basic rule of thumb about the emotional frequencies, where to start, or what's um, benefit, what, what emotion is more beneficial to start with? Or which is if there's a dangerous one to start with the the there are three or four slides at the very end of the core now it's like what exactly is anxiety what exactly right. is depression yeah the thing that's changed over the years is i treat the brain parts first okay yeah 40 and 89 quieting the midbrain the hippocampus the amygdala just it once there's inflammation in the brain, the emotions don't come from space, right? Yeah. So that's, that's the first part is treat the brain. Yeah. Then the emotions themselves, if you think of emotions as layered, hmm. somebody said the frequencies, for example, for guilt, a practitioner really wanted a frequency for guilt. Well, there's no frequency for guilt. Mm -hmm. Finally, this last year, I had a patient that felt really guilty about something she'd done. And I thought about it and it's like, you're not guilty, you're angry at yourself. What's guilt? It's, I feel bad about what I did. Mm -hmm. So I'm not afraid of consequences. I'm angry because I am resentful because I did this stupid thing. So frequency for anger, 970 and 35. Frequency for resentment, 970 and 38. The gallbladder, 35 is the liver. The one frequency that is surprising is the frequency for grief. It's the only one where you get an emotional reaction. You can get an emotional reaction. So. We had, um, I learned this two different times, two different classes, both female students in the class. Um, the second one is the best example. She, uh, her son had died three months before and he had a genetic condition. She took him to the emergency room. She told the doctors what was wrong with him. They didn't listen to her and he was dead by morning. Okay, so being a class that was, I don't know, 80% women, her whole team at her table when she was the patient, they ran the emotional frequencies and I'm touring the tables and I look back and there's this woman with tears streaming down her face and everybody, poor baby, whatever. And they were running the frequency for grief. 970 and 17, it's the 970 on A and the organ associated with that emotion in Chinese medicine on B. And they're, and she's crying and they're, you know, consoling and whatever. It's like, well, I walked over and did 970 and 35, anger. Grief is superficial. It's, it's an acceptable emotion my perception of her, she was grieving the loss of her son, but she was furious with the doctors that killed him, that right. didn't listen to her. She was frustrated. So I ran 970 and 35, the tears stopped immediately, ran it for five minutes. Anger was her presenting emotion in my, in my view. 
Right. Resentment, she resented them. Then there's two frequencies for fear. Her other son has the same genetic condition. Mm, so right. terror, 970 and 27, the colon. Yeah. And yin, worry, kind of fear, 35. Now, if you take any situation in which you feel grief, there are always components of these less understandable, less acceptable emotions behind it. If you run grief first, you're going to get waterworks, you're going to get a release. It's maybe cathartic, but it's also scary for the practitioner. Right. They don't know what to do with it. And because that's not our profession, yes. we don't know how to help the patient come to resolution. Right. Your husband dies, let's say. Anger. How dare you leave me with three children, a mortgage, and your credit card bills, and your stupid motorcycle? She can't say that out loud because she's supposed to be grieving for her husband. Right. Resentment. How dare you leave me with right? And then fear. Now what do I do? I, I don't know how to fix the plumbing. I, he always paid the bills. I don't even know where our savings account is. Mm -hmm. So there's two kinds of fear, anger, resentment, all of that first, and then grief. Right. Grief is the least of it. Right. And you don't think of that. And then anxiety, depression, what was the other one? Even low back pain. Um, anxiety, depression are biochemical as well as neurological. Right. So those last five or six slides at the end of the core, mm -hmm. when your brain is completely full. Yeah. And I tell people when I get to that section, you're not going to remember anything I say in the next 40, in the next 60 minutes anyway. Yeah. So go back and reread these, these three slides. Right. These four slides. Because when is depression not depression? When it's right. dopamine, when it's acetylcholine, when it's right. B6, when it's vitamin D. If your vitamin D levels are 12, you're not depressed. You're vitamin D deficient. Right. If vitamin D levels are 60 and you're depressed, then we can talk. Mm -hmm. So, so you put in a quarter and then I just like. <laughs> And that, no, and you're welcome. Okay. <laughs> that is it. Really? Did it? Yeah, no, for real now that, that our time is up. Oh. But okay. thank you for walking us through the emotion stuff because again, it's layering the frequencies, knowing where to start and treating the cause, right? No matter what you're treating, it, it all boils down to that exact same sort of pattern. It is, it is. And for anybody that's listening, that's a practitioner, you can go back and take the new five-day comprehensive as a repeat student for a hundred bucks. You get all the slides, you get the video. Kevin has even transcribed it. Amazing. You can look at these, look at the slides. They're so content dense because I know that you only retain 20% of what you hear right. and 20% of what you see. And there's 567 slides. So there you go. I'm sorry. And you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. One more week before I, before I leave for Phoenix on the 14th, how are we going to do the one we're not going to, you're going to do how the podcast on the 16th when I'm teaching the core, you're on your okay. own. Okay. okay. I can do that. And then the following week, we, I'm teaching the sports advance that Wednesday at the advance. So we'll have to figure so something out. Own. Yeah. <laughs> well, be we fun. could do, or we could do like live from Arizona together. We could do it by the pool. No, there's a limit to what Kevin can do. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> Live podcast. There you go. There you figure go. it out because yeah, um, Wednesday will be the sports advance. I'm so excited about that. The very first one and it's sold out. So no pressure. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. 
There we go. All right. Well, I'm glad everybody's looking and sounding good this week and um, keep everything coming. We'll be here next week together and we'll just keep adapting from there. Have a good one. Do good things. Bye, everybody. The Frequency Specific Microcurrent Podcast has been produced by Frequency Specific Seminars for entertainment, educational, and information purposes only. The information and opinion provided in the podcast are not medical advice, do not create any type of doctor-patient relationship, and unless expressly stated, do not reflect the opinions of its affiliates, subsidiaries, or sponsors, or the hosts, or any of the podcast guests or affiliated professional organizations. No person should act or refrain from acting on the basis of the content provided in any podcast without first seeking appropriate medical advice and counseling. No information provided in any podcast should be used as a substitute for personalized medical advice and counseling. FSS expressly disclaims any and all liability relating to any actions taken or not taken based on or any contents of this podcast.